0: So has this ever happened to you? You've created a new AI product and you've made sure that everything flows well. It solves the user's needs and the model accuracy is just spot on. The only thing standing between you and being swarmed by venture capitalists is that they wanted to see one last test of the product with the users. When you run the test, Everyone keeps comparing your app to killer robots for movies, and they talk about Elon Musk and Stephen Hawking and Bill Gates warning them about evil AIs taking over the world, and your product is somehow the first step in that direction. Somehow? Let's make sure this doesn't happen. In today's episode, we'll be covering how to separate the noise of the fear of AI when you're doing user testing. This podcast is called Design for AI. I'm here to help define the space where machine learning intersects with UX, where we talk to the experts and discuss topics around designing a better AI. The music is by Roll Music. I'm your host, Mark Bailey. Let's get started. So let's start with a caveat. Before you do any user testing, Uh, For AI, because this is such a new topic, you want to make sure to get a baseline. So when you're doing any user research for AI, you should ask the people who you're talking to to describe what they think what AI is versus what they think the app is. Go ahead and ask them to define AI and machine learning and machine intelligence. Then ask them to define the AI that is in their phone, for example, Siri or OK Google. Most people will define AI as what hasn't been created yet, and the AI models that already exist are just basically technology. These descriptions will help you level set what is just a fear versus what fears are awoken by your product. Now, when I do talk about these fears in this episode, and when you do ask the question, I don't want you to discount them. One of the problems that a lot of developers and researchers can get into uh, working with artificial intelligence is being so deep in the product that it can seem silly that people are worried about things like killer robots. But the way to a better product is to recognize the concerns your customers have instead of discounting their fears and writing them off as nothing. So first, let's go ahead and cover the best case scenario. Now the reality is is that there's just too many movies out there where the AI is out to get everyone no one thinks AI is AI when it's working well like in the movies like Star Trek because well it's just it just works uh, even in the case where the AI is buggy like in c3 p o or RTd two in Star Wars people don't think of that as AI either anytime anyone reads about AI in the news it's always paired with a picture of Terminator so If you are doing this user testing and something brings up a scary AI movie, don't worry, that's normal. It's just part of American culture. Now from my experience, if they don't bring up Terminator, then it's probably because they're not familiar with AI at all. Uh, I use it as a litmus test to gauge the person's knowledge level of machine learning. Now this is not to say that large companies don't try and avoid that association. If you look at Google's ads, they refer to everything as machine learning to avoid the association with AI. And Apple calls their chips and their iPhones neural engines, and Amazon uses the term smart instead of machine learning for everything. So for example, they have smart speakers and smart displays, or even smart homes. Uh, So it seems all of the big companies have completely avoided the use of the term AI, Uh, any word associations, as much as possible. And depending on the product that you've created and the user skill level that you've uh, calibrated for, that might help your design strategy too. Now today, I've gone ahead and split this up into two different groups. We have the irrational fears and then legitimate fears. Now, if you've already done everything to help your customers uh, seem ease as much as possible with AI and they still seem apprehensive about using your app, Um, we're going to go ahead and uh, talk about the different fears that people exhibit during user testing. I want to go ahead and review the cause of the fear and what to change in your designs to take care of that problem. So for covering the irrational fears first, uh, the broad categories are fear of the unknown, mass unemployment, bad actors, and an uncaring superintelligence. So let's go ahead and dive right into fear of the unknown. Now, the fear of the unknown uh, is also the fear of change. This fear has always existed when there was a large shift in society. So right now, it's the fear of AI because that's what's in the news. Uh, Before that, there was a general anxiety about new tech in general. Uh, Before, back in the 1960s, it would have been a fear about nuclear power. Before that, you could find old articles about people's fear of mass media when newspapers were popular. So basically, this fear can be traced all the way back to the Industrial Revolution. In other words, it's normal. You're going to find it no matter what. Now, when people you are interviewing have a fear of the unknown, it's kind of annoying because it's usually pretty vague. Uh, They will have a hard time conveying why they don't trust your app but they're just sure that there's some reason not to trust it. And if you're running into this a lot for your targeted users, then most likely the app is doing a bad job of telegraphing intentions. Uh, this is a problem that machine learning is, that's being used by your product it takes shortcuts. And these shortcuts take away tedious steps from the user, but you still need to tell the user what you are doing and the steps that you've taken to give them the answers that you are giving them. Without this there there's just a kind of a black box doing stuff that they don't know. And that's going to lead to not having trust. Now, a good example of this is kayak.com. Now, when you search for airline tickets on this website, there's a whole lot going on in the background. And while they could just throw up a progress bar, instead, they're going to go ahead and show you some of the steps that they're doing to filter down the flights based on your search parameters. So think of what your AI model is doing for the user. And you can go ahead and write those steps out and make them obvious to the user while you're doing them. The second thing is mass unemployment. Now, the next fear, uh, pretty much everyone you talk to will probably bring this up as a fear at some point or other. Uh, The older the person is, the more likely that they will think it will affect someone else um, and not them. The younger people, the more likely they're going to be trying to plan on what to do because they will feel that it will affect them. If this is a strong concern or if the answers that they're giving you just don't make any sense for the age of the user, you're going to want to go ahead and ask them about their views on e-commerce or mobile disruption and how that changed jobs available. They should match their fears of AI for the same level of job disruption, Um, If they don't match, then there's a good chance you will need to look at your user journeys. So your product is probably doing something for the user that they want to be in control over, that they want to do themselves. So find out which part of the tasks that the people think are important and which ones are the tedious parts. Only do the tedious parts for the user. And if you're doing something uh, that the user finds important design in ways for the user to see everything that's happening and allow them to be able to take over at any time. A good example of this is MailChimp. They do a lot of things automatically for the user, um, but at any time you can jump in and take over the configuration. And the very most important step of when you actually do send out the bulk email, that is very much left up to the user and you must go ahead and do that for yourself and confirm it. Then the third irrational fear is bad actors. So this covers all the people that would use AI and nefarious purposes. Now, if ever there was a problem that there was a huge need for design, this is it. Currently, there's a real problem with state-sponsored AI models trying to spread misinformation through fakes and and impersonations, but I'm guessing if you're listening to this podcast, you're not the one that's trying to create this type of app since it definitely breaks good design rules. But with Russia admitting to influencing elections worldwide, this is definitely something that's in the news more and more, so there's a good chance for it to also come up during a user interview since it'll be on the user's mind. So before doing any user testing, you should have, as part of your experience, a way to recognize people or other systems trying to game your AI model. You don't want to go into the specifics but it would be a good idea to let the user know how you're protecting them from these bad actors. So the fears of cyber warfare or viruses can make users reluctant to give you their information. So if your model requires collecting a lot of personal information, then make sure to show how your app is protecting user data. If you can use things like federated learning, then you can reassure the user that no matter what happens, since you don't know their data, neither will anyone else. The next fear is usually an AI superintelligence. So the last uh, irrational fear is the uncaring um, AI superintelligence. This fear is uh, based around an idea that AI is going to take over the world, and when it does. Um, machine learning models will be able to achieve more human than human, basically. The idea here is that AI will be able to adapt faster than we can, and which will, at some point, cause the AI to see people as a threat. Now, the way uh, this fear can be expressed during user testing is by complaining about a a lack of control or the expectation uh, that the AI is going to betray them uh, by being a computer. Basically, the AI... Uh, will be your friend until it isn't. This is, again, uh, people that want to have control over the system. Um, Rather than giving them control over everything, since they don't trust AI to make the decisions for them, in this case, it's better to strive for better transparency. Obviously the user is going to need to feel like they have control over the system. So review what the user wants to do versus what is seen as tedious from the user journeys. And another thing you want to make sure of is don't try and be too human. Like I've talked about previously, the closer the model tries to get into that uncanny valley, the more likely users are going to become suspicious. Now for transparency, once you have the user journey mapped out, write them up, and integrate them into the app so that as the user goes through using the app, they know what you're doing, when you're doing it for them, and what to expect from future steps in the journey. Okay, so now that we've covered the invalid fears, um, let's go ahead and cover some of the valid So these fears can come up during user testing as well. And from a design standpoint, there are a few extra things that you're gonna need to worry about uh, for your AI and your product. And the things we're going to cover is the need for data safeguards, the need for data protection, uh, avoiding dark patterns, and of course, the loss of skill that technology can cause. Let's start with the need to design in data safeguards. So I'm going to go ahead and link an example in the show notes of an article. Uh, In this example, a couple's Amazon Alexa crashed and started sending audio recordings to all of their contact list. Now, obviously, this is a bug, and you can't know where all the bugs are going to creep in. Um, This is especially true with machine learning models since it is non-determinant. Now, non-determinant means that you can't predict what they will do. But you can know normal behavior, and machine learning models are great at detecting anomalies to normal behavior. So if you have had a model that had been watching how Alexa was working, sending audio clips to all of their contacts would definitely stick out as an anomaly, and that can be shut down either before the user noticed or to ask for a confirmation before continuing. So to solve this, go ahead and start with your user journey and then map out all the expected behavior for your model. If you don't know the type of actions your model will give you, you should still be able to classify the types of answers that you're expecting. And when you're running your beta tests, uh, you can find the norms for what type of actions your model will be expected to give. And then using this data, you'll be able to build another model um, that you can refer to as the monitoring model. And this monitoring model will make sure that the model that is interacting with your users is acting correctly. All right, so the next real fear is data hacking. And so this is going to be anyone that's trying to uh, fear of losing data from getting hacked. Either the customer gets hacked, or the company can get hacked, Either way, the real problem that does happen more frequently than anyone wants to admit, and the consequences are only getting more severe the more data that gets collected by computers. Now, this can be broken out into three different areas that you're going to need to verify. One is the company servers, two is the customer's computer, and three is the communication between them. So the first area is keeping things protected on the company servers. If you can't do this, pretty much your company won't be in business for long. The good news is is that I've covered this previously. Uh, Federated learning really helps out here. It's an easy way for a company to protect themselves. If you don't have information stored on your servers, then basically it can't get hacked. And also, you want to go ahead and look at um, the information as it comes in. If someone is able to send in bad information that you can't verify is coming from your model, then uh, they could send in either bad information or they can improve. Their benefits, and that could detriment others. So you need to make sure that, as part of the design, that you don't allow for gaming the system to improve any one user's situation. So verifying that the user system is protected is a little harder. Um, basically, you're gonna this is gonna be requiring strong authentication and encryption for all the data locally. That's pretty much a default. Um, There's also a good chance that you'll need to make sure the model isn't compromised locally. Uh, Verification of file integrity will help you know that the local model is running with the right information. Um, And then for the third part, communication between the model and the servers is also going to need authentication and encryption and verifying data integrity for every update. Pretty much it's impossible to cover um, this in the podcast for every problem, uh, since data security is pretty much its own subfield of computers. So I'm only trying to bring up awareness and you know raise awareness for this because really there is too many simple causes of data breaches like insecure servers or no authentication that's happening every year from big companies who should really know better. So obviously awareness is not high enough yet. Okay, so the third real fear is addictive AI. So the next fact-based fear is technology that is purposely addictive. People feel like they are losing their human connection with other people and they're becoming more and more dependent on AI. Even companies with good intentions that pick up the wrong metrics to pivot on can cause this problem. Uh, Maybe one of the biggest examples of misdirected metrics may have happened with many social media companies. Uh, They start with the stated goal of helping users to connect with each other but uh, you can't help people connect if the company goes out of business. So to maximize profit they create an AI model that can help show information that people want so they'll uh, be able to see more ads. And the AI model metric is set to maximize people time on site. Now the AI model gets so good at this because it finds that conflict means longer viewing times and people stop connecting with each other just to consume more information because everyone gets split up into their little splinter groups and nobody wants to talk with each other and just yell at everyone else because they've learned that's how they get their message out further because if you yell it also creates conflict. Um, So basically the end result is the exact opposite of their stated goal because of one simple metric. So be extra careful with the metrics that you do implement. My last episode was all about this. Um, There is definitely a law of unintended consequences that can be really harsh with AI models. Um, Most developers will just be optimizing their models for some form of accuracy or precision. And so to lower the chances of unintended consequences, You want to add metrics for customer happiness, and fairness, and model regression, and faster iteration times. Um, For more details on this, um, go ahead and just listen to the previous episode. Okay, so the last real fear that we're going to be talking about is the loss of skill because of technology. Now, as people become more dependent on AI models uh, that will be able to complete tasks for them, they will probably be starting to forget how to do it for themselves. People will become more dependent on the AI models, and I agree that this will happen. I mean, this is a real fear, but I just don't really see it as a problem that uh, people fear this uh, really do. Basically, as cell phones became more ubiquitous, um, studies have shown that people can no longer memorize as many phone numbers. Um, Calculators make it so that people don't learn as many formulas, and now neither of these have anything to do with machine learning models, but the outcome is pretty much the same. Pretty much, uh, people adjust to the tools that they have at their disposal. And I think the same thing is pretty much going to happen with uh, when there's wider adoption of AI. Because of this, how you're going to allay the fears that uh, become closer to the fear of the unknown uh, that I discussed earlier... I can really only give the advice to let the user see exactly what the AI model is doing, and then knowing the steps that the model is completing for you is a good transitional interface until everyone sees machine learning models as just another tool instead of something to be scared of. And on that note, what fears have you encountered with your users? Um, That's all the time that we have for this episode, but I would love to hear back from you on how you were able to work around people's fear of AI and your products. Go ahead and use your phone to record a voice memo, then email it to podcast at designforai.com. This is also an awesome way to let me know uh, what you like to hear and what you'd like to hear more of. Or if you have any questions or comments, record that message for those things too. And if you'd like to see what I'm up to, you can find me on Twitter at designforai. So thank you again. And remember, With how powerful AI is, let's design it to be usable for everyone. Thank you.